everyone you did great <laughs> welcome to worship this morning you brave souls that came out on this icy kind of icky day so thank you so much for coming here thanks to those who are on zoom we are so glad that you're worshiping with us today in god's house with that let us confess and forgiveness of our sins in the name of God, our Creator, the Son, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our Sanctifier. Amen. Amen. As God's beloved children, let us call to mind our sin and our need for reconciliation with God and with one another. Strong and faithful God, we confess that we have not lived as your holy people in the world. We have closed our hearts to your love. We have resisted your light. We have failed to proclaim your mercy. Forgive what we have done and what we have left undone. Heal us with your abundant grace and help us walk as children of the light. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise for our... Opening hymn, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. <laughs> Oh. 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. be with you and also with you let us pray god of creation and compassion we do not always perceive our neighbors as you do whereas your heart overflows with love for all creatures ours often wane expand the walls of our hearts to welcome others as you do amen you may be seated unless you'd like to come up for the children's message. Any volunteers today? Yes. Yes. <coughs> Anybody else? Oh man, we're gonna need to recruit some help. Come here, come here, cause I got stuff. All right. Can you carry this for me? All right, don't stop at the front. Just keep right on going. There's shoveling out there. We gotta get to. You wanna help shovel? Did you help shovel at home today? Let's find somebody who knows how to shovel. Shall we do that? <coughs> who do you think we could find? Anybody? You want to pick? Okay, wait. How about this? I have some laundry, too. Do you do laundry? See, we've been on vacation, and we're not caught up yet. So we got some dirty laundry. And it's just, I, you know, I feel like I've washed laundry already this lifetime. At least once. All right. Long? Um... Have you got a lunch plan? Do you know what you're having today? No? Oh, me either. I hate, you know, there are a lot of things that we don't get to do just once, right? Have you shoveled at all this winter? Do you help at home when that happens? Or does it all just, is it the snowblower? Do you have a snowblower? You <laughs> shoveled a lot of snow already. Anybody relate? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Top 10 we're in and still not done with winter for amounts of snow. But it just keeps coming. Have you ever thought about just quitting, not doing it anymore? <laughs> Nine more days until spring. Do you think we'll be done shoveling then? Let's put him in charge of the weather. All right. I'm in favor of that. How about the laundry? Does that get done and then you never have to do it again? No, does it get, it just keeps coming. How about food and meals? Do those get done and never have, like, have you eaten once today already? Are you good for the rest of the day then? No. <laughs> Kids gonna expect lunch, just so you know. There are a lot of things in this world that we don't get to just do once and they keep having to be done. Have you, well, I could think of some more. Did you sleep at all last night? Anybody else sleep at all last night? Anybody not sleep enough last night? <laughs> yeah. 
And we're doing this sermon series right now on things that don't get done, unfinished, on things that just keep needing more effort. Snow shoveling's like that. Laundry's like that. Planning meals is like that. But you know what? The things that are unfinished in life, oh, you're going to do the whole front of the church. Go for it. All right, when you're done, though, there's the sidewalk over here that needs a little attention. The things that don't get done in life, you can think about this while we think about all the shoveling that might still need to be done when you get home from church. I think God loves people extra who make time to come to church on a snowy day, and you should all come home and find your shoveling done for you. Amen? Amen. Yeah. We are doing a sermon series on things that just keep needing to be done. And it turns out we're doing that series because God is like that with us. God keeps looking at us and saying, I'm not done with you yet. I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep inviting you to do stuff with your life, learn stuff, all kinds of things. So we learned how God's like shoveling snow today, which is not quite the same as saying God likes shoveling snow but god is like it is similar to it right all right thank you for your help do you want to take the shovel with you in case you run into some snow between here and the back because it's headed that way eventually anyway or should i put it away all right this kid knows when to get rid of a shovel amen amen It is there now we're on we have the first reading from the book of joshua chapter 2 verses 1 through 6. then joshua son of nun sent two men secretly from shittim as spies saying go view the land especially jericho so they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was rahab and spent the night there the king of jericho was told some of Israelites have come out tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent orders to Rehab, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come only to search out the whole land. But the woman took the two men and hid them. Then she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from, and when it was Time to close the gates at dark, the two men, the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you can overtake them. She had, however, brought them up to the roof and hidden them. Here ends the lesson.
Amen. Our second reading comes to us today from the book of Jonah, the third of four chapters in the book of Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God, and they proclaimed a fast, and everyone great and small put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, and covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. No human being or animal, no herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. And all shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change God's mind. God may turn from fierce anger so that we do not perish. And when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed God's mind about the calamity God had said would, he would bring upon them. And God did not do it. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Amen. Have a seat, please. Beloved of Christ, let's sermon together with the living word of God. Amen? Amen. So I mentioned already that we are now in book three, or chapter three of four chapters in a Jonah sermon series. We're also on sermon number three of four in our Jonah sermon series. Jonah's a short little book, just four chapters long. We read a whole chapter today. We've been doing that in worship. And it doesn't always get this much attention. In fact, Jonah, other than this sermon series, one whole, uh, the whole book of Jonah gets one other shot at preaching if you stick with the Revised Common Lectionary. Why are we giving it so much attention in Lent? Well, Pastor Sherry and I went to a Bible study a few weeks before Lent started. It was with a bunch of other church leaders, and we all got excited together about doing Jonah for Lent. So a cool thing, if you didn't already know, is we're not the only church involved in this uh, Bible study and in this preaching series. A couple of notes then, if you're just jumping in. I mean, I know you've all been here for the entire Jonah series, but in case anybody hasn't caught up to us, here's what you need to remember or know. Lent is a six-week season that comes before Easter every year and for centuries, if not millennia, for hundreds and hundreds of years, Christians use the weeks leading up to Easter to do some deep Bible study. Often, we use this time to take on more serious and somber topics. That's how Jonah landed as a sermon series for Lent. It fits with that tradition well. It's a journey, we've been saying, a journey into the depths of the human experience, and it has a lot in common with the life of Jesus. But Jonah also has some funnier and lighter things going on, funnier than we might expect, maybe. If you think the Bible doesn't use humor, you'll be uh, sadly disappointed in Jonah. 
There's humor in Jonah intended to catch us off guard and give us some ideas we might not catch the same way at other times. That makes Jonah a double win in my book. Our sermon series for the season of Lent is called Unfinished for a couple of reasons. First, because Jonah is one of only two prophets in all of scripture whose story in the Bible ends with a question. Uh, spoiler alert, that's next week, the question part. We'll get to that. But Jonah reads like an unfinished story because the question at the end of Jonah doesn't get answered in Jonah's story. The other reason this is called unfinished is because Jonah, the main character of the book called Jonah, right? You're with me on this. Jonah doesn't really seem to change in the course of his own story. It's pretty clear when we get to the end of the book of Jonah that God's work with Jonah is far from done. It is unfinished. Anybody else relate to that in life? Anybody ever feel like God still might have something going on with you? Something to do with you? Yeah? Well, then you're in the right place. Let's Jonah together. I'm going to start, though, today with a quick game. It's a game called Stand Up If. However, if you don't want to play, that's also just fine. You can play along at home if you want. It won't give us as much visual, but you're still in it. So if you want to play Stand Up If you came to church today, we'll make it easy to start. All right. All right. Stay standing. Stand up if you know someone who is not in church today, either here or in any other church. All right. We still got some players. Stand up if you know someone who doesn't ever go to church anywhere for any reason. Still some players. All right. Stand up if you know someone who doesn't ever go to church anywhere for every reason, for any reason rather, and who also does not believe in God. Look at that. Things we have in common. Okay. Stand up if you know someone who doesn't go to church anywhere ever for any reason, who doesn't believe in God, but who is still a pretty decent, kind, honest person, someone you might even admire. Wow. We could be at this a while. All right, here we go. This one, minor adjustment. Sit down. Minor adjustment. Have a seat. That's where this one starts. Stay seated. If you know someone who maybe does go to church, maybe even goes to church a lot, someone who believes in God and who publicly talks about their belief in God, but who might not be the most shining example you've ever met of living the kind of life God calls us to lead. That's why I had you all sit down. I don't want you pointing at your neighbors. I don't want your neighbors worrying about who. That's not true in this church, right? They're, the people who are like that, if we know them at all, they probably go to other churches, right? But if you know somebody like that who is a, claims to be a shining example of faith in God, who's in church a lot, but who maybe doesn't always show that in how they live their lives, you're thinking of somebody like that? I bet I know who you're thinking of right now. It's Jonah, right? Because that's the name of the sermon series. <laughs> Go with me here. If you're thinking of somebody else, we'll circle back. All right. Jonah, someone who claims to be a believer in God, but who seems to live a life that doesn't fit with it. And Jonah is the only character in the entire Jonah story, all four chapters of it, who ever 
claims to have any kind of faith in God, or at least in Jonah's God, as things go. And Jonah keeps getting surrounded by people who have no reason to believe in Jonah's God or believe in any God at all, or they maybe believe in a different one, right? We start out with Jonah, the prophet. He is sent by God because he believes in God. He is sent by God to the Ninevites. Go to the Ninevites. Those evil, nasty, big enemies of your city and your people, go to their biggest city, Nineveh, and tell them to stop their evil ways. No mention of what to take with you other than his voice, right? So Jonah doesn't like that gig. He tries to hide from God, gets onto a ship of non-believers. Nobody on the ship shares the faith of Jonah, in his God anyway. And a big storm comes up, and it takes convincing, not of Jonah, but of all the sailors on the ship, it takes some convincing for them to toss Jonah over the side to appease Jonah's God. They don't want to do it. But because they listen to Jonah's God, because they pray, they are heard in their prayers, they are obedient to Jonah's God, they toss Jonah over. And what happens to Jonah? Jonah gets swallowed up by a big fish. We're not really sure about the spirituality of the big fish, but let's go with the fact that maybe the big fish also is not a believer in Jonah's God, just maybe, but is obedient to Jonah's God, right? And now Jonah's headed in to prophesy in this chapter three, we're up to the point where God, the big fish has spit Jonah out onto the shore vomited is the word isn't that just awful aren't you glad we translated that some other way but vomited is the word it gets used in other places jonah's on the sand god gives jonah the same directive again get going jonah the only character in this story who's faithful or supposed to be faithful to god has now encountered let's keep track here non-believing sailors who listen pray to and obey jonah's god a giant fish who listens and obeys Jonah's God, and is headed to a massive city of enemies of God's people, who also are about to, in this chapter we just heard, listen, pray, and obey Jonah's God. All of them doing it better than Jonah himself. Here again, verse 8 from today's reading. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth. They shall cry mightily to God. As the teacher in our Bible study said, everybody from king to cow repents. I love that line, king to cow. The whole of this giant city of the worst, most violent enemies that the people of God have ever known repent. And what do they do it based on? This half-hearted sermon that Jonah finally is convinced to go and deliver. We're three quarters of the way through the story and the only wholehearted examples of faith of obedience and repentance come from everyone who isn't jonah unfinished huh by the way the fact that god works through outsiders is how we got that first reading too it's not a once-off in the bible rahab's story from joshua i had a whole bunch of stories i could have picked up from the bible to pair with this of God bringing faith or faithful actions out of people that weren't God's people of faith. Happens over and over again. Think about that. How often do we remember that in our lives? 75% of the way through Jonah's story today, 
and all the wholehearted examples of obedience, repentance, and faith come from everybody but Jonah. Even when Jonah finally goes and does what God asks of him, he sort of goes a few steps into the three-day big city, right, and sort of mumbles out his sermon, 40 days more, Nineveh will be overthrown. You know, if Jonah were your preacher today, we'd all be at coffee by now. Five words, that's how long his sermon was in his original language. I got him beat. You realize, though, that for all of this that Jonah isn't, the story tells of the most successful, I think, the most successful prophet in the whole Old Testament. For somebody who didn't care, who didn't want the job, and who didn't do it very well, Jonah has saved the lives of an entire ship full of sailors, everybody from king to cow in a massive city, and he's done it all with this little uninspired sermon, and according to verse 10 there at the end of our reading, Jonah's actions even result in changing God's own mind. Apparently, the best way to be a prophet is to refuse the job and then to do it under duress with a bad attitude. God knows what 13-year-olds are right. Right? Refuse the job, do it under duress with a bad attitude. This sounds a little familiar to me. And friends, I hate to break it to you, but we worship a God with extremely low standards. Extremely low. Apparently, some of us, some of us are even going to measure up. God's standards aren't just low for preachers and prophets in the world. Apparently, God is also willing to listen to absolutely anybody's prayers. Doesn't matter if they're poetic or fancy or sound like something from the Bible. God hears terrified prayers from the sailors. God hears prayers from the Ninevites. They are a nation of the most brutal, violent enemies of God's own people. They pray and God listens. The world changes. God changes God's mind in the story. It's not the violence or the cruelty of the, of the Ninevites that bring peace to their country or to the people. It comes from the, it is not, rather violence and uh, cruelty are a constant threat of more violence and cruelty, right? That pattern is one we should recognize. The most brutal enemies, the most violent enemies of God's own people, when they finally give up their violence and turn their attention to a loving God who doesn't give up on them, even though they have been the violent and destructive people against God's own chosen people, when they turn their attention to that God, that is the way that opens up peace for them. It stops them from needing to go to war any longer. How did that not finish the story for all time? How did that example here in Jonah not finish our experience, our hunger as a people, as humanity for war and violence? How do we not read Jonah and just be done with it? That's what worked for the Ninevites, right? Who's going to go out and tell a world that has far too many people that still hunger for violence and retribution and for cruelty? that it doesn't have to be like that. I'd say not me, but did you notice how that worked out for Jonah? God isn't finished with us yet. Dear friends, please think about these things. Amen.
Please rise and let us confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole creation of God and for all those according to their needs. We pray for your church. Bless partnerships that guide the daily work of denominational and congregational leaders. Strengthen our combined witness for the sake of the gospel that all people might experience your life-giving love. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the universe. All creation overflows with life from the depths of the earth and seas to the skies above. Fill us with awe and reverence for the diversity and preservation of life. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the nations of the world. Topple the dividing walls that separate us from our neighbors. Form us into your beloved community where diversity of gender, race, language, ability, and ethnic origin is celebrated and affirmed. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for this congregation, and especially today we lift up our call committee who has been so diligent and faithful in their work. Nurture us and pour your love into our hearts and minds as we live out what you have called each of us to be and to do. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those who are suffering in body, mind, and spirit. Be present with all who are lonely and give courage to all who are afraid. Comfort those who live with chronic illness or other sickness. Especially we pray today for all those who are on our prayer list. We also lift up the family and friends of Chris Weinrich on his death. Lord, in your mercy. I now offer if anyone has any prayers to lift up, say those out loud. And if you're on Zoom, you can put those in the chat and I'll say those out loud for all to hear. Oh, extra prayers for Elissa, whose immunity is very low and it's been for the past three days. Okay, we lift up prayers that that gets up there. Lord, in your mercy. For your sister who started chemotherapy last week. Lord, in your mercy. One more. 
Mm -hmm. For Bruce, um, who's on our prayer list, on his handbrake, he's home recovering from surgery. So it sounds like he might be closer to the end of being a cancer survivor. For Bruce, who is home, Bruce Schreiber, who is home now, he was our architect that did the roads, I think, right? That did our parking lot. Yeah, he had had cancer. So he is home. Thank you. After surgeries. On the men and recovering. Thanks be to God. Yes, thanks be to God. Thank you for that update. We lift our prayers to you, O oh God, our joys and our sorrows, trusting in your steadfast love and your promise to renew your whole creation through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you all. Let us share that peace with one another. Peace to you.
Please rise. Let us pray. Merciful God, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, we come from many places, differing in age and differing in race, differing in orientation, politics, economic lines, and even religion. And as we come together around the table, we discover that our differences are not something we tolerate, but our differences are indeed a blessing. And we share in a meal together, remembering and celebrating the one who proved shalom possible. And so I invite you all to come. Come, children of God, just as you are. Come with your doubts and with your hopes. Come with your inadequacies and your strengths. For this is a table where all are invited and all are welcome. For wherever you are on this journey of life, you belong here. You belong in this place, here in this community, here at this table. So come, children of God, come and remember that in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. You may be seated. As I said earlier, all are welcome at this table. We have bread and gluten-free wafers. We have wine and grape juice. Just let your servers know. Please come, the table is ready for all.
Please rise. And now may this meal we have shared strengthen us and give us the courage to see where God shows up in our everyday lives. Amen. Amen. Please pray with me. Lord God, you have renewed us with the living bread from heaven. By it, you nourish our faith, increase our hope, and strengthen our love for all people. Teach us always to hunger for truth and justice and enable us to live out your word through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We have several announcements in the back of our bulletin. 
Um, the first, if you have not joined us on Wednesday evening for bodybuilding, um, the dinner church, please come. It is so much fun. We've just really enjoyed the last two weeks. Um, for those of you that have been there, I, I think you can, can say that it has been just a joy to be together around a table and to build up our own community and then go out into the world and build up that community also. So please come if you can. It's from six to seven. With, and sign up. Yeah, there's sign up on Sign Up Genius, or otherwise there's a sign up sheet right out at our um, welcome desk. And with that, um, we had asked for sponsorships for the dinners, and we have exceeded that. People have come forward, and it's just, you guys are amazing, seriously. Um, so thank you, thank you. Just, yes, I want to clap for that, because that is just so awesome that all the meals have been paid for. So anyway um sunday soundboard help is needed if anybody can do that on april 2nd and april 9th nope just in general we need some volunteers so we do have those two dates covered okay so we just in general have volunteers if you if you or if you know of anybody that would want to help out contact maggie or myself or pastor susan on that Okay, um, and then we have a women's breakfast coming up on March 25th. There is a sign up out on the sheet. We haven't been together for a long time, so really looking forward to having that conversation and devotions there. Um, oh, one more thing. On March 26th, it will be Lent 5. Lutheran Campus Ministry will be here. Um, they're going to have a preacher come in, and then they'll have an adult um, at the adult forum. They'll have a speaker afterwards, too, to just learn more about that. So we're really looking forward to having them with us. Anything else from you? No, Are you sure? Yes. I'll add it on Lutheran Campus Ministry Sunday. Throw a tidbit. Okay. 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 Anything else, Sean? Do we have anything? Okay. All right. And then um, just one more thing, too. I just thought about it. Our prayer list is printed. Um, it used to be in the bulletin, but it is printed out on the, the desk out there. If you want to pick one up on the way out, you can bring those home. <gasps> Oh, you also have green sheets in your bulletins, and it is for Easter, and we need to have um, flowers ordered by what day? Is 22nd? 22nd. 22nd. Okay, okay. So um, get those into Sean as soon as you can, um, and we will beautify our sanctuary. So anything else? With that, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you God's peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Uh, 